This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. There we have it. I think these last two games have finally concluded the 2022-23 season. Sure seems like it's been a long one, doesn't it? A season where England have played 11 times, winning seven, drawing twice and losing twice. Uh, Of course, it took in the Qatar World Cup, but it was a season of 31 goals, eight of which belonged to Harry Kane. Overall, a successful season, I'd say. Sure, we'd have liked to have passed France in the World Cup, but it, it wasn't to be, was it? But onwards from there, we are in a great position at the moment, one which I'll cover in this episode, courtesy of a few friends of the podcast. And whilst the men's season is over, don't forget the Women's World Cup begins very soon. So our attention will be turning to that. So stay subscribed and you won't miss it. But don't forget, you can follow the podcast on social media, on the likes of Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. Now let's talk Malta first. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Aidan Smith from 3lions.net and also uh, it brings us tacticallyspeaking.co.uk which I think fits in quite well when we're going to be discussing this particular match. Aidan, hello there. Hi Russell, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's great to be back on. Always welcome, always welcome. Uh, we are, as I say, we're talking Malta. I'm sure everyone knows it was a uh, a 4-0 victory in which England, I think, barely got out of third gear, I think really would be a, a safe way of putting it. You agree? Yeah, I think it was it was pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? I, I mean, anyone who supposes that, that this game is going to be uh, a walkover, Malta aren't whipping boys. You know, it's very easy when we're as good as we are at the moment to be uh, to be looking at Malta and comparing them to a San Marino, but that's that's certainly not what we should be doing. Um, Malta have got a new manager; they're they're a very well drilled side at the moment. But we made a what could have been a potential banana skin look really really comfortable, and that's what we've been doing quite consistently now for a while. I thought it was it was a really good display, especially in the first half. Um, very clinical. We didn't create too many chances, but the ones that we did, we took. And they were chances of real high quality. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's just remind ourselves of the of the starting eleven. Well, it was a four three three formation: Pickford in goal, Trippier, Shaw, Rice, Gay, uh, Maguire, Saka, Henderson, Kane, Alexander Arnold, and Madison. Uh, initially, there was the the own goal, um, which came about through uh, Bakayo Saka crossing it in, although Harry Kane was pressing there. Trent Alexander-Arnold got us the second one with a fabulous strike. Harry Kane won a penalty and scored that. Callum Wilson done the same in the second half. I think Malta, they, they, they strung a few passes together, but to be honest, never really troubled Pickford in goal. Now, I think the main topic of conversation before the match even started was the the selection of Trent Alexander-Arnold playing the the number 10 role. 
Um, and I think, as I say, with with you, with your tactic heads on, uh, it's be a great way to uh, to have a chat about that. Yeah, well, I suppose that the first thing to say is that this has been a project that Gareth Southgate has wanted to implement for quite some time. It's it's very clear um, from his decision making. He actually played Trent in midfield um, a year or two ago against Andorra at Wembley, That's if you right. remember that one, uh, for the first half at least. Um, but it's it's a position that when you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold play, you, you can tell that he can play in that number eight sort of role on the right side. It's been interesting, actually, since sort of the middle of that World Cup that we've just been through. The Wales game was the third group game. And, and from then on until now, we've been playing actually quite a defensive midfield three. But it's worked really well for us. And we've been able to control games like we couldn't before. So yeah. we're no longer playing that kind of Mason Mount, Phil Foden kind of uh, profile as a, as a number 10. We've got two number eights either side of Declan Rice. And I think it worked really, really nicely. Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mean say what you want about him, but he's a, he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, I would say is, you know, I heard a lot of the, the post-match chat was about, and obviously this is the, uh, the, the headline from the day. I, I totally understand that. But uh, to suggest that we should be building a team around Trent Alexander-Arnold or, you know, he's, he's suddenly undroppable in midfield already. I think hold your horses on that one. You know, yeah. he's played one game there. It's Malta. Um, I, no, no disrespect to Malta, but it, but it is one game. I'd love to see him play there again against Macedonia because I think uh, Southgate spoke to him about this about four weeks ago and told him that this was going to be the plan, wanted to play him in midfield. Obviously, he's allowed to do that because Jurgen Klopp's been playing him in, in a midfield sort of role when they're in possession, Liverpool. So this was a little bit different in that Trent Alexander-Arnold, when, when England didn't have the ball, he, he, he was staying in midfield. He wasn't dropping back to a right-back position. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly something he's got in his locker. It's certainly something that that I've been sort of pondering recently when I'm thinking about. Actually, we don't really have uh, an obvious replacement for Jordan Henderson when he starts to decline. I'm not saying that 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 started just yet, but when it does, I mean he's a very specific kind of player in our midfield that we definitely need. I mean we've got the Declan Rice who's really good at winning the ball back and making driving runs and and sort of penetrating passes through that through the opposition midfield, but. And then Jude Bellingham obviously is box to box running. Yeah. Um, but we don't really have another sort of playmaker who can work on that right hand side to whip balls in or you know um, receive off the back four and and sort of dictate the tempo of play with with short lateral passes either side and then you know long balls forward. So it was really good because Trent Alexander Arnold to me seems the most obvious replacement there. But he's not going to be going into a tournament unless he's got a bank of evidence playing there for England as well as Liverpool. But of course, that can only happen if he continues to play there for Liverpool. That's right. And I mean, what you said there is he needs to play against the the bigger teams um, with the greatest respect to the likes of Malta and, and Andorra um, to really show what he's capable of in an England shirt. And I must admit, when they when they mentioned about the Andorra game, it was the the four nil home win back in September 2021. I'd totally forgotten about that. It really has been that long. But I mean, the the way he began that game, just sort of dictating play as well. The the through ball he put into Bakayo Saka to cross was pinpoint, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's not news to anyone that that, that Trent Alexander Arnold has that in his locker. It's performing well. That that performance against Malta was exactly the uh, the level that we know that he's capable of. Yeah. In an attacking sense, defensively, I thought he responded really well as well to a to a very unfamiliar position for him. 
but yeah, you know, let's uh, let's take our time with this one. Don't get overexcited because we've had this before with pretty much every player that's currently in the England <laughs> team. Uh, I think we've we've, uh, we've talked about building a team around every single one of them at one point or another, and we know that in September it, it'll easily be another one again that we that we come away saying, oh, that was a fantastic performance. Surely they're undroppable. We have to build a team around them. We've had it with Rice, Bellingham. We've had it with Grealish, Foden. You know, it's just. Uh, it's silly talk really to, to suppose. I mean, we're not a team that really want to build a team around anyone in particular anyway. We, we shouldn't be wanting to do that. We, you know, we're not a team of, of one star and, and, you know, and then everything sort of revolves around them. That's not what we are. We've got really good individuals all over the pitch. We have no excuse for, uh, for building a team around someone. I, I don't, I don't see why we'd do that, but, but yeah, no, on your point there, fantastic display from Trent Alexander-Arnold and the goal to cap it off as well was just oh. fantastic. Wonderful goal from, I don't know what, I haven't seen what it was actually measured at, but it must have been what, 20, 21 yards? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a few yards outside the box. Yeah. I mean, his first touch uh, let him down a bit. I think he was going to try and drill it, but actually, uh, thank goodness he didn't because he whipped it fantastically into that back post. Caught it, caught it really nicely and sweetly. Uh, Harry Kane, of course, got his obligatory goal. I think that was his fifth consecutive goal um, now for England. Um, there was various stats flying around is is 56th England goal is 50th competitive goal I mean 50th competitive goal is take a moment to think about that that's that really is impressive it's just crazy I mean when you think about that I mean Rooney's record obviously it's just past Rooney's record which was 53 Harry Kane's now on 56 but Rooney was in the 30s for competitive goals so this really is laudable what Harry Kane's been doing six goals that weren't in competitive matches I mean I know he's helped by the fact that there are fewer uh, friendlies in the calendar nowadays. This is true. But yeah, but 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 you can't take anything away from him. He is such a professional, and uh, whether it's from the spot or not, he knows his role. He knows his task, and uh, and he slotted it home really, really well. And actually, I, I was doing a bit of digging around. That was the first time that England have had two penalty takers who have both scored in the same game ever, which is just a ridiculous stat, actually. Really. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's such a common thing to happen. Actually, you'd think that 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 would have happened at least two or three times, but yeah, first time ever. Callum Wilson and Harry Kane in the same game, both scoring. There you go. Well, I didn't know that one. So yeah, nice one. I mean, Callum Wilson's penalty is another one of those VAR ones that he's. I think it was who was the co-commentator, um, and I think it's Andrus Townsend. I think um, clearly knew that it. It wasn't a penalty, but it's just the the letter of the law these days. Um, but to, to Callum Wilson's credit, he, he put it in for his second England goal. Yeah, he's been waiting a while. I mean, I know that we've been sort of dotting around de- uh, different sort of profiles of understudy for Harry Kane. But uh, yeah, I think wh- when was his first? It was his debut goal, actually, wasn't it? It was against Wales. Yeah. No, uh, USA. USA. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of someone so, else. Well, yeah. November... 2018 so yeah he's been waiting a while for that one so uh yeah very pleased for him he's had a fantastic season he's a really good profile of striker for England to work around because not too different to Harry Kane as well he's really good at holding the ball up he's got that burst of pace if he needs it as well and he certainly showed that in the World Cup with a few cameo appearances but yeah no really pleased for him yeah well moving on to Macedonia or North Macedonia as I should should really call them do you see obviously the Manchester City boys are are probably going to make a um, an impact or make a place for themselves. How do you see that game going? Make no mistake, North Macedonia are a fantastic side. Mm. I mean, 
I, I understand that a lot of people will be looking at our group saying, oh, Malta, Whipping Boys and, and, and North Macedonia must be rubbish because they've, they, their name starts with North. So they must be pretty popular. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's that's exactly what people are going to be thinking. But we're in a five-team qualifying group for a European Championships in which four of the teams were at the last European Championships, including North Macedonia. So make no mistake, they, they made the last Euros. They could make this one again. They were very close to getting a point against Ukraine um, in a game that, by all accounts, they dominated. So this is going to be a tight game. It's not going to be a walkover. I imagine probably... Two or three nil. Um, we could easily concede. I've heard they're very good on the break, but yes, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, in terms of the squad selection, yeah, I expect to see Jack Grealish. John Stones will probably come back in. I don't see Gareth Southgate taking many risks with the starting lineup. I think he'll probably go for his his favoured lineup or or near nearabouts. I know that we're missing Jude Bellingham and a few others at the moment, but I imagine yeah, we'll probably we'll probably go. I, I mean, it was probably an indication the fact that. Uh, Bukayo Saka got brought off at half-time just as a precaution. Maybe mm. he's, uh, he's going to use Saka and Grealish, arguably at the moment, our two most on-form wingers. But yeah, I mean, we could see um, Eberechi Eze come on again. He might even get the start. I don't expect that, but he, but he might even come on. I thought he was really, really good when he came yeah. on against Mol. Very energetic, had a good burst of pace, and and, and he's a really skillful player. I think his, his call-up was overdue. There's been certain times at which he would have been in. Gareth's been open about that. But, you know, if not for injuries and, and, and certain other scenarios that have, that have played a part. But, it, you know, I was saying earlier, we don't so much play that number 10 sort of role anymore in midfield. But there's options. I mean, we, mid, we moved uh, midway through the second half to a sort of back three with, with, with four central midfielders, uh, which is a, a common sort of system that, that many of the top teams have been playing this year. And it allowed us to, to get sort of two number 10s in there as well as Declan Rice and, and Alexander-Arnold. So Eze and Foden played that role when, when both of them came on. So that was, that's an exciting uh, possibility as well. We might see that again uh, midway through the second half, might bring that in again. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're definitely trying a few things out. But yeah, it's, it's not going to be overly experimental because Gareth Southgate will know more than anyone that this is, this is a game that we can slip up on. And so, you know, the, the win against Italy and the win against Ukraine, both of which we made look very, very simple, don't count for anything unless we can beat North Macedonia. Yeah. One thing I just mentioned him there, John Stones. Um, I know you've done a, um, I think you've done a feature on him on your Tactically Speaking site. Obviously, he's had a um, great season, obviously, for Manchester City, but he's been played in that sort of midfield area rather than his centre-back position that we're more accustomed with England, uh, seeing him alongside Harry Maguire. I, I think I know what the answer is, but would would Gareth do it? Well, it, he wouldn't do it in a traditional four three three system because that's not a system in which Stones has been in midfield. It's been this new formation that I just mentioned earlier with four central midfielders. Stones will be pushing up from a centre back position. When we get on the ball, he'll he'll come into midfield, but off the ball he'll retreat and we'll make a back four again. Yes, I could see that quite easily, but he. Stones will not be playing in front of a back four against yeah. Macedonia, and nor should he. Uh, he's adapted really well to a midfield position, possibly uh, in the past, I don't know, what, what's it been, three months, you could you could make a case for him being one of the best 10, 20 players in the world in that period of time. I think he's adapted really well. The main difference really between um, when you're on the ball, playing at centre-back and playing in defensive midfield, 
is how you're receiving a pass. I mean, he's receiving the with his back to goal now, with his you know with with uh, with opposition players sort of hustling him from behind. Yeah, uh, which is very difficult to adapt to, but he's he's done it seamlessly. Personally, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, but that does not mean to say that he will be playing in a midfield three. Uh, no. no, not a chance. But also, you've got to look at, at, at other factors such as if he does do that, who else is coming in at centre back? Well, that's yep. a, a position where we don't really have too many options at the moment, or not as many as in other areas of the field. So it, it wouldn't really be a logical move to do that in front of a back four. But yeah, he could move up and and sort of leave a back three behind him. That's certainly an option, uh, and we, we may well see that. We shall see. North Macedonia at Old Trafford, uh, we will find out. Aidan, thank you very much, as always, for joining us. No doubt we'll, uh, we'll speak again uh, in the near future, but just tell us where we can find, um, where we can find you on the likes of Twitter and, and the, the, the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, my personal Twitter is Aidan the Smith, uh, and... My football tactics Twitter for the tacticallyspeaking.co.uk uh, can be found at, at home of tactics. So uh, it's an interesting site if tactics is your thing. Aiden, thank you very much. And yeah, let's, let's speak again. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I'd love to. My thanks to Aiden there. Always a good chat. So we are now Monday 19th of June and whilst Harry Styles' stage is being dismantled at Wembley, it means England are on the road again. Uh, the last time that happened was, well, it was almost a year ago. For those that went, I'm sure you don't need to be reminded too much of that one. Hungry at Wolves. Uh, but this time it's Old Trafford, a venue we've not played at since 2007. And being the biggest stadium in the country, we've played there a few times whilst Wembley was being rebuilt. Of course, there was the draw with Greece that secured our place at the 2002 World Cup. But there have been plenty others, and this will be our 18th time there. Uh, first one being back in 1926. So, we go again. Manchester bound. There we go. So I've made it to Manchester. Made it to Manchester City Centre. Parked up. We've had a uh, had a wander around uh, Old Trafford just quickly. A few photographs. And we're headed into the uh, into the centre. Had a quick pint at the Sawyer's Arms. Uh, and I'm just going for a general wander. And surprisingly, sun's out. Someone told me. It always rains in Manchester, but not today. So I've come to the, uh, one of the central parts of Manchester where there are a congregation of North Macedonian fans decked out in their, uh, with their flags at the the yellow sun on the red background, there's flags waving, local music playing, all in the sunshine having a good time. Love it. Must be a good 150, 200 I reckon. Be interesting to see how many fill the ground later on. 
sort of strange, despite the fact there being a fair few England fans knocking around the city centre here, loads of people don't know England are even playing. The amount of people have said, are England playing? What time's kick-off? Well, makes you wonder how well promoted it is up here. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought it needs to be promoted up here, but I don't know, it just doesn't seem like there's that much Manchester interest. Could be wrong, but uh, perhaps they're done with football for the time being after Manchester City. In we are. What do they call this place? I think they call it the Theatre of Dreams, don't they, Old Trafford? So I'm in the Stretford end. It's uh, 40 minutes before kickoff, and I found myself right down the bottom, right down the front, right by the players' tunnel. Uh, often they, um, when you see them on the telly, you see the players come off along there, and they've got the uh, usually all the Glazers out banners there, aren't there? I think. Obviously none tonight, but there are plenty of flags around already. Halifax Town, there's Nottingham Forest, Hereford up there. They've still got the uh, the Manchester United flags as well, Republica of Mancunia. Uh, but it's Berry, Rochdale. Just looking at the uh, Sir Alex Ferguson stand, actually, I remember being here in 2001, I think it was, the Greece game, and sitting right at the very back, right at the back row. It's amazing how high that that tier actually is. Um, but it's been a long time since I've been here. And as people say about it falling down, I don't know. It still seems all right to me, but then I don't come here on a regular basis. But the, the TV panel are there. Here we've got Stephen Gerrard, it's Joe Cole, Jill Scott all being interviewed for. What is it now? Channel 4, isn't it, I think? But we are, we are three quarters of an hour before kick-off. England have got a penalty. Harry Kane to take it. 7 0. Well done. Harry Kane scores from the spot. Scores in his, what, sixth consecutive England game. Do you know, ages ago, I think I said that I think Harry Kane could make it 60 England goals during this qualification campaign. I think that's uh, I think that's nailed on now. 7-0 England with 18 minutes to go. <laughs> and this is reward. It's been substituted off. So there we go. Come away from Old Trafford with a result that perhaps many didn't see coming. England 7, North Macedonia 0. Making our way back along the, the Manchester Ring Road at the moment, courtesy of my chauffeur, Gary, from Channel England Football. Gary, you alright? Yes, mate, good, thank you. How was that? Well, unbelievable, wasn't it? I, don't, I think I, I 
think a few of us were saying three or four, but seven was just, you don't seem to get them nowadays, do you? But what a, what a result and what a performance. Absolutely. I mean, coming like hot on the heels of the, the 4 0 Malta game, I, I must admit, I thought, um, despite the fact that Macedonia lost to Ukraine, I thought they would be a bit better than they actually turned out to be. Or did we just really decide to turn it on tonight? Yeah, I think, I think a bit of the both, really. I mean, it's the end of a long, hard season. You think, game, Old Trafford, the group's, the group was more or less done and dusted anyway. So, you just weren't, I just weren't expecting that sort of performance. I think we were fantastic. And, you know, every single player was was phenomenal. Saka, Rashford, you know, they were all absolutely unbelievable tonight. Old Trafford, that's the first time I've been there. I'm, I'm sure since the Olympics, I think. And I mean, there's been talk about Old Trafford being a little bit run down, a little bit. I certainly didn't get that impression. And basically, the supporters in the stands just were phenomenal. Were right behind England right from the get-go. It was a real fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, th- coming off the back of that last day at home game, you know, Ukraine at Wembley was. It was night and day, and, and like you, I was expecting Old Trafford to, you know, seats to be hanging off, and you know the paint and walls crumbling. But it was, it was all right. You know, it's still in good nick. It was a great ground. It's we were saying actually how deceiving the ground is, where it doesn't feel like there's seventy odd thousand in there. But it was a good atmosphere from start to finish. I mean, seven goals always helps, doesn't it? Of course but, it does. <laughs> but no, it was it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Let's just go through the team. Pickford was in goal. It was Walker, Shaw. Rice, Stones, Maguire, Saka, Henderson, Kane, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Marcus Rashford. So Southgate chose to put Trent again in the same position that he played against Malta, and again he had a he had a decent game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, and I think I think he had to, given the fact of how well he played it, you know, in Malta. And obviously, the main criticism that England fans did was, oh, it's only against Malta. So I thought. You know, I think it was a good idea bringing him back in against North Macedonia, who, who technically should have been a step up again. But you think so? Yeah. yeah, but they were just, you know, England were phenomenal, and Trent again had a, had a really good game. Joe, you know what I think Pickford has had probably the easiest two <laughs> games he's had all season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Everton's Premier League games have been like, but has he kept two clean sheets in the space of four days for Everton? I'm, he may have done, but he's, he's had hardly anything to do, has he? Which is credit to the, the defence in front of him as well. Yeah, I mean, those two games are a definition of stealing a living, aren't they? <laughs> For Jordan Pickford, I mean, he's done nothing. And, and to be fair, you'd expect him to have done not a lot in the you know, yeah. these two games. But, you, you know, people are going to say, why not bring in... You know Ramsdale for a few games. But what's the point if they, you know, they still wouldn't have touched the ball either? So that's true. It's um, yeah, it was literally the defence have had nothing to do really across both games. I don't know what, on what sort of minutes the goals came, but it took. I don't. Know, it might have been about twenty minutes for England to open the scoring, but we had we had opportunities um, to to test their keeper. We were standing on the Stretford end. Um, we had a good view of of that first half. Uh, but it was Kane who opened the scoring, which, to be honest, I, I didn't really get a good view. I say we had a good view, but I didn't get a good view of that one. No, it, I mean, it was, it was again, it was just after some really good one-two uh, were by 
Rashford and Shaw, I think, and Rashford was in it. Then you know it was a good save, and then they did it again, and it resulted in the goal. And it was everything seemed to come down that left arm, you know, their left flank, you know, our left flank. Sorry, and uh, yeah, it was a good goal. I think initially the game was starting to it was starting to drag a little bit. We started well, but it was getting onto a thing. I don't know, like I said, I can't remember the time. It must have been about 20, 25 minutes when it just started to slow down a bit. So the goal came at the right time actually to, yeah. to give it a boost. Rashford was having a, I think he seemed to remember he had a couple of chances, um, or like a shot from, from the byline and the keeper sort of saved it. But it was then Saka from the from the right hand side who smashed it in. He, he was like yeah. a, he went on his own. Well we thought we'd missed it, you know, it was he was such a I mean he just put his laces through it, didn't he? And it was right in the roof for the net and there was, there was just no saving it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the floodgates opened. It was then that Rashford got um, got on the on the score sheet, and it was this one I seem to remember. There was like a there was a Henderson and Shaw sort of teaming up as well there, um, and Rashford sort of I think was on the was he on the edge of like six yard box to touch it out or just in front of the keeper. Yeah, um, I think I think Henderson had a good game. Uh, yeah, you know, it was it was it was a bit like reminded me of Gerrard in the days where he was just sat in midfield and pinging it out to the wings, and yeah, he was causing a lot of problems. And, but Rashford was a threat all night and Saka was and it was good to see them both you know take players on they were getting outnumbered you could see that Macedonia were putting two or three players on them but at the end of the day when you run at players they panic and that's exactly what they did um, most of the night and it caused all sorts of problems on both sides and I think that that was half time it was 3-0 at half time um, and we think like game, game is done and dusted there um, but we came out for the second half and they were they were still ready to go again and I think Possibly, would that be the goal goal of the game? Saka second yeah. from the a Trent cross ping, whatever he done in the centre of the park that just Saka was able to run onto and literally just smash. Yeah, he just smashed it in it straight in. It looked like top bins from where we were, but it might not have been yeah. the fact we were at the opposite end of the ground. But yeah, it was clearly the goal of the game. And it, what was it? Like the first minute of the second half, it felt like in. Then it was just, I think we were saying, you know, it could even be double figures here. Could have been, yeah. And, and then Saka, I, I didn't even, I think this one happened so quickly that, that Saka for his hat-trick, which apparently is his first ever professional hat-trick um, of his career, just ran through, slotted past the keeper. Yeah, I mean, it got to a point, didn't it, where they just, their heads had gone, Macedonia, they just, they weren't in the game, um, and... It was just a, it was just a matter of how many could England score really, and there were many gaps opening up. And I remember just looking up, Saka's awesome, just running straight through and goal, like you said, and it was a, a simple goal for his actuary. So Kane got his second of the game from the penalty spot. No one was going to uh, take the ball off of him there, <laughs> not whilst he was still on the pitch. And the one thing I I realised halfway through the game, which I, I knew really, I, I remember seeing it before. Old Trafford doesn't have any screens no. that you can. Watch the uh, the goals again, or, or watch a uh, an incident of how a, a penalty may have come about. But I don't. Did Kane win the penalty? I think he did um, to uh, to make it six. Yeah, yeah, I mean that is a criticism. A lot of people were saying, particularly when you're at either end of the ground and you, you're low down because you can't physically see what's going off half the time. You know something's gone off and you know roughly what's gone off. But you, it'd be nice to have a screen there, wouldn't it? And that's where it does probably show it needs a bit of a, a bit of improvement. But 
Yeah, I, I can't recall if Kane did win the penalty or not, but we were laughing at the time because I think Wilson was just about to come on, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And we're just like, is he going to take Kane off just as he got the penalty? But he didn't, obviously. He let him take it. Uh, and then Calvin Phillips, um, he came on as a substitute uh, midway through the through the second half um, and got his name on the score sheet. It's, which I'm thinking is that his first England goal. It may well be, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. think off the top of my head. But yeah, so that was what made it seven 0 and I think all in all, it was a pretty much a perfect England performance all round. Macedonia, I've got to say, uh, they they weren't good at all, but I kind of felt for their supporters after meeting them, a fair few of them before the game. They were a nice bunch of lads. Yeah, I mean, we had a great time, didn't we? We were walking in Manchester City Centre, we came across a pub that was, you know, literally covered in North Macedonian fans and. We were chatting with loads of them, and they were they were lovely fans, and they were some of them were optimistic. They thought maybe they could nick a draw, and to be fair to them, their history shows that they can do that. But yeah, I mean, we looked over, didn't we? And they were just all sat there, we're looking obviously quite depressed. So tough, tough night for them. But they were still cheering at the end. So fair play to them. We are still top of the league, top of Group C. Are we? I think it's Group C. With four wins out of four. Obviously, Italy haven't played in this international break because they've been on Nations League, in Nations League action, weren't they? Uh, the other game tonight was Ukraine against Malta. Uh, Ukraine won that by a goal to nil, so they've taken six points from this campaign. We've taken six points. I mean, we've pretty much done dusted off. I don't want to say it too much, but... Get your tickets booked, lads. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just get them booked. We're there, aren't we? We're in Germany. I mean, we would literally... I think we would have to lose to Malta. And it would, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically impossible now that we're not going. So, yeah, get your tickets booked. Yeah, so here we go. The, the current table as it stands at the moment, England played for 12 points. Uh, goal difference of 14. Ukraine played three, six points. Italy, of course... They've played their, their two games, three points. North Macedonia played three, three points. Uh, Malta, bless them, played four, no points, bottom. Uh, but all in all, I think um, Gareth can consider that a, uh, a job well done. Yeah, and it's just um, it's what we expect now from England. We were saying before, it wasn't long ago, that teams like North Macedonia were coming here, nicking draws against us, and now it's just... You can't imagine us doing anything but winning comfortably. And he's, he's took us to another level, Gareth. And this campaign has just showed it, really. He had a, uh, he had a smile on his face as he walked off the pitch and as he uh, applauded the fans that were were left. So that's uh, that's our last game now until September. September, we're back in action. That is the the Ukraine game, which is, at this point in time, we still don't know. Who really knows where it is. No one knows where it is. Yet people have booked up. Um, for uh, for wherever they think it's going to be, and that's going to be followed by Scotland um, in in Hampden. That's, that's we're playing well, yeah. They're playing well. They're picking up results. Can't, Scotland can't deny Scotland are uh, are playing well. Beat obviously Spain, beat obviously Norway, and top of their group. Yeah, yeah. I know it kind of feels a little bit strange when people are trying to sing. Scotland get battered everywhere uh, they go. When, when, it's a good song to sing. Don't get me wrong, but they're not at the minute. They're playing well, so. It's going to make a really good game that at the end of the year. Looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, let's let's make our way home into the night. It's going to be a, a late one. Uh, don't forget, you can find Gary on uh, YouTube, Channel England Football. Yeah.
Now it's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, CJ Joyner joins us. Salam, mate, you all right? Hello, Russ. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Six points from uh, from two games. Can't be bad, can it? 11 goals. Yes, 11 goals as well. Yeah. I'd... Apparently, a couple of stats yeah. that I've heard. Um, apparently, that was the first time last night um, against North Macedonia that Saka and Rashford have played together for England. Oh, I never thought of that. No, neither did I until someone told me. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. It, sometimes it, it, it's these quirks. Sometimes that does happen. Like I think the, what was it, the, the 99 Man United team, I think they only played together like twice or something. Like their, their, their actual starting, like best starting 11. So really? these, these sort of things do happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think they only played to it. it like what, what you call their, their first choice starting 11 only started like together twice that season. So nice. yeah. secret, secret these Man United fan, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll confirm you're a Coventry fan. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you went out to Malta and uh, I caught up with you yesterday um, at Old Trafford. But go on, just tell us, how how was Malta? Oh, fantastic. One of the best trips I've ever been on. It really did rank up there with um, with Slovenia in 2015. Um, yeah, it was just superb. I mean, obviously it helps being in June Yeah, and being probably pushing 30 degrees. But yeah, I mean, I might have felt slightly different about it if it was November. But um it really was a good trip. Not really a ounce of trouble anywhere. So it's yeah. always good to hear. Yeah, I saw saw a lot of photos, saw a lot of video footage of people in bars, people on beaches, people on boats. Um, I know yeah. Block One Hundred Nine had a a boat trip, um, which seemed we to go down. Yeah, well. that was quite successful. I mean, when we boarded initially, we thought mm, maybe they've told us a little bit. Like maybe they told us we could have 230 on there, and we, when we got there, we thought maybe it looks a bit bit overcrowded. But eventually, once everyone got on, it took probably 20 minutes to get a drink first time around. But then everyone kind of filtered around, went upstairs, and it it was fine. Loads of plenty of room. Yeah, it probably took after that first drink, probably took maybe 10 minutes, five 10 minutes to go to the bar. They had four people serving. It's quite successful. Everyone had a good time. Not too many decided to swim. <laughs> which um, I was quite disappointed in, but um, properly choppy on the way back. Very, very, very choppy. Like anyone hanging off the sides, were they? Not on purpose, no. But <laughs> the captain did seem a bit um, vigorous with the wheel. Right. But, um, I think I think a few maybe nearly ended up over there. But, um, but yeah, nobody did that on purpose. Good stuff. Good. I know the uh, the boat trip was, was one of a few things that Block 109 have... Um, been doing lately and and i know you've done something sort of extra special whilst out in uh, malta which i saw was the likes of henry winter gave it a plug on twitter um it's about um donating a, a defibrillator Can you tell us a, a little bit about that how it all came about well um so several weeks ago i was looking through just to see what, which good cause we could donate to um and i still i saw the ronald mcdonald house logo and straight away i thought yeah we're gonna go with that um because my eldest son we uh, me me and his mum stayed in one um in manchester way way back when do you want to just explain what, what a ronald mcdonald house years. is well but, but um when you uh put those two pence coins or 50p coins or whatever well, the 50p wouldn't be any good but a pound you know it rolls yeah. Um, and it goes goes in that um, 
that kind of big plastic thing that goes round and round and round and round in McDonald's or in the little boxes or when yeah. you're round at your transaction um, on the um, the terminals as you've got them now. They they go towards paying for somewhere to stay for parents and siblings of sick children. So they could be babies, any anybody up to I think, the age of eighteen, I think. Right. Um, but that's what they do in this country. So next time you're in McDonald's, um, yeah, just um, get, chuck them a few pence because it really will make a lot of difference. And I think I'm sure McDonald's do well, kind of match every donation at least. So um, yeah, it's um, you know they they do do good work with that. And then, but over there they do something a little bit different because obviously the hospitals. They're, they're, they're relatively close to the, the island's quite small so what they've got like is the learning center so one of the things they're doing at the moment is they're doing like a um, a project where they've got a local church involved the church are providing i think it's food yeah. and some sort of job training and things like that uh, with the with some the ukrainian refugees that are there and then they're providing a, a, a english lessons that that's just one example of what they do. They train. They use the centre to train assistance dogs. They use it for children with SEN. They were in particular autism and ADHD. So they do fantastic work there. And it, yeah, it's a really, really, really good cause. And I, so either way, I've contacted Tonio. Um, well, I just contacted them and this chap called Tonio. He's actually um, doing his PhD at Leicester Uni. Okay. Um, and he um but he he's Maltese and he runs the centre there and um he basically explained what they did and I said, Yep, look, we'll we'll, we'll want to help you explain what Block One O Nine are all about. And um they said, Well, we, we're trying to raise money for a defibrillator. We've raised a few quid for that so far, but we need to we need a bit more to kind of push it over the line and I I looked into it and I said, Look, you know, we'll we'll sort you out. We'll we'll buy you one. So we bought one, took it over there, presented it to them. They showed, they gave us a tour, tour all around the the centre. Um, Henry came with us actually, okay. um, and uh, yeah, he 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 had a look to see uh, the um, you know what what we can actually do and what we can achieve with you know the, the the kindness of yourself and lots of other people that donated over the years, and um, yeah, and it, it just shows what we can do when we come together they're very appreciative um hopefully it's one of these things that hopefully it's i don't want to say it's a waste of money but hopefully it's something that's never used exactly yeah i get that uh, entirely yeah like i said wonderful what they do there they carry on the like the ronald mcdonald house name they proudly like they do across the world and um yeah but as i said this one's a little bit different just because of the distances that parents have to travel it's just a lot shorter so, um, but yeah, so it's excellent, really, um, and we're pleased that we could help them, and we're looking to see what we could do for in Ukraine. We have already made quite a hefty donation into um, the UNICEF appeal that was through Harry Maguire. We got in touch with him through someone else, and we said, "Look, how how will we, you know, what what can we do to to um, kind of help a good cause that um, that you might." you know they might be close to you and all the all the players are all helping the unicef uh, well a lot of the players are helping the unicef appeal so we've already helped them but we will try and do something else while we're there uh, wherever it might be hopefully vienna because that's what we've, we've booked into bratislava yeah and uh we'll do the same in north macedonia as well yeah no it's, it's a grand job and the way that 
sort of this this money is is funded is through or, or this money is accumulated um is through various means and, and one of those is like the the monthly draw which happens yeah yeah it is yeah so we i mean we we mainly to be honest recently we've mainly been doing like the 109 pounds donations so we donated one to the what was it the the uh the women's death team yeah uh, the england women's that. death team they were they were um they, they were trying to raise money to go to the world championships world cup and we we donated a little bit into them and um they succeeded in raising the money which is great so um we're pleased that we could play like a tiny little part in that and um a lot there's been some lads that have, um, um, and girls actually that ran the london marathon i think that there was another marathon as well that somebody ran and um you know we just donate again 109 into their into their pot that england fans that are doing that and the um other various other activities that people have been doing so we, we just support put we offer support where we can yeah but if people want to to get involved in in the uh the the 109 draw just to uh, drop you a line or tweet you or something yeah send, send me a direct message or a, a tweet and we will we can we can get involved there well we can uh, we can get you involved it's just a five a month standing order um it's a few cash prizes but we you know we've got a few really decent prizes coming up so like this month was a um, was a baseball a trip wasn't there yeah, that was that. that uh, unfortunately, it's not to uh, Chicago, or yeah, it wasn't to watch the Cardinals or the uh, the Cubs play in America. Unfortunately, but it was for um, it was at the London Stadium. So um, yeah, so we had a couple, somebody somebody kindly donated a couple of tickets. Marvelous. And then we've uh, we've also had a signed Hurst and Peters England shirt that was all framed, nicely done. That was drawn by Tony O actually. In the, uh, yes, um, yeah. at the Ronald McDonald House so we thought it'd be quite nice for him to draw that yeah. we do other things as well like we, we run like a fantasy football league things like that various other things as well we've got badges as well that little pin badges and yeah badges. some snazzy enamel badges that one I, I picked up off you uh, yesterday at Old yeah. Trafford very nice just a little block yeah. 109 yeah so that they're um, they're kind of ticking along and if anybody wants one of them just get in touch and we'll uh, we'll sort you out yeah, well, let's let's round it off by just talking a little bit about North Macedonia at Old Trafford. That was uh, quite a game, wasn't it? Oh, some of the play was just sensational, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I think just before the third goal, I mean, the third goal was just superb. But the passing and everything else, but just before that, there was a really good move that the keeper made a good save on. But it's like we we just seem to be just constantly just playing so well throughout the whole game. Some people might say, oh, it's North Macedonia, but they're a good side. You know, they're that mid-tier now that you'd say should make, say, two out of every three Euros. You know, that they they should push towards making the odd World Cup as well. And they've got some decent players there and they're playing at a reasonable level. And we, we, we just blew them away, didn't we? We really did. And, I mean, Saka was just sensational. Pickford, bless him, didn't have a lot to do, really. He didn't, did he, no. <laughs> uh, they, they did have a few chances, though. They did have a few chances where it kind of, that they put a few balls into the box and generally it's Maguire that cleared up. They just didn't have anyone um, strong enough to finish, did they, and, and impose yeah, themselves. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that's got, their next level. Yeah, so uh, Pandev, no, you know, long gone, isn't he now, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So he's no longer there. So which is a which is a loss for international football, isn't it? And football in general, really. He's no he's no longer playing for them. But I think um 
I think, I think to be honest with you, we, we, we really, like I said, we ripped them apart. We looked really, really impressive. And it just made a really good evening, you know, even better. Just playing there. The atmosphere was fantastic. And I didn't really hear any boos for, for Trent, Henderson. No, you're right. Grealish. Yeah, anybody else um, that, you know, maybe considered a rival for Man United. You know, that things things that we don't want to see, but we have seen in the past. And, you know, that's fantastic. It's something that we can we can kind of, um, we hopefully will see going forward that we, you know, everyone will just back the team they're there to watch. And they certainly did last night. And, uh, yeah, um, if anything, really agreed, he's got the biggest cheer and he, did, he, he had a nice, uh, nice chant. Uh, yeah. Being chanted about him, didn't he? And uh, he seemed to enjoy that. Saka, though, he, he genuinely looked quite emotional at the end. He was the last one off the pitch. Yeah. And just walking towards where, like the W105, like the the home end. Um, and yeah, just walking towards there, you could see he was just, just kind of b- bewildered by it all, really. He just, he always seems very happy, doesn't he? And he always just seems like, w- w- what's going on? How, how am I here? <laughs> you know? It's um, such a journey that he's been humble. on. Yeah, it's yeah, very humble. Yeah. Such a journey when you consider that, I, I hate to bring it up, but two years ago um, to where he is now and yeah. to almost a year from now, um, I mean, hopefully nothing sort of capitulates. Um, we'll be there in Germany and, and Saka is going to be a, a major part of that team. He is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the stage where the team almost picks itself. I think I think um, Mr Guardiola will have a bit of a say this season um, because we've seen it before. You look at Foden, he was obviously very young, but then we've also, we also had, it took Stones a little bit of time to get involved there, like every, every week. Um, we'll see what happens there with Phillips. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, because... At the moment, Henderson seems to be the number one pick there, which which I'm all for. I think he's well, whilst he's doing nothing wrong, yeah, absolutely. Um, but hopefully, Phillips gets a bit more game time this year, and he will. Um, yeah, he will make things very difficult for, for Gareth. Hopefully, yeah, it's going to be. And, and then there's you know there's one or two as Pickford picks himself, doesn't he? And you know Stones, Maguire picks themselves uh walker he seems to be the you know the one there luke shaw as well he seems to be the one kane obviously and then so you sack has got to be in there and you've got very few spaces left uh, we are well, you've we're, we're strong around yeah we are That's strong. It, isn't it i mean you look bellingham didn't play the other day uh well he, he hasn't played um you know he he's had a um continued rehab at st george's isn't he yeah. Um, well, I think he, he's had something big on his mind recently. Well, yeah, that, there is that as well. Yeah, that becoming a Galactico, um, yeah. wearing that number five shirt as well. There, it's massive, isn't it? Uh, that is. There's isn't that what Jonathan Woodgate wore? <laughs> uh, I can't. I, I don't know. What's I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm just. No, no. I don't. I. I mean, it was the Dan, wasn't it? So, of course. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was quite good. So he's got a little bit to live up to. Yeah. He'll get but there. He will get there. Absolutely. He will. He will. So, but we've we've got um we've got such a strong team there, and it's getting to the stage where it almost picks itself. Really, um, almost picks itself. Whether we go four three three or 
sort of your three five two or five three two, whichever way you want to look at it. It's what it weighs. Sat, yeah, it, it, Kyle Walker's his team, so it's going to be it's going to be a three five two if anything, you know, because he's very attack minded, isn't he? So, um, so yeah, I think um, I think we, we it's looking so good, and yeah, we're, we're going to be one of the favourites for next year. We really are. Exciting times. Looking forward to it. And still plenty of more good games to come. I'm just thinking of uh, of Scotland. The trips. Yeah, the trips coming yeah, up. And we're 12 out of 12. And tonight, sorry to date the podcast, we'll say it. But uh, yeah, tonight, our friends north of the border, they could, uh, I think they could go 12 to 12, couldn't they? They could, yes. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think even Scotland couldn't stuff it up from where they are now. So. I think I think they're pretty much qualified from that group, and yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Their, their, their time comes around. Their time comes around, and yeah. this is their time. Anyway, CJ, always good to chat to you. Don't talk too much about Scotland. Let's let's keep it to England next time. <laughs> but no, especially when they're doing well. Yeah. No, always good to speak to you. Well done. Um, yeah, huge well done on the uh, the defibrillator over in Malta, and and big up to to all the people that that help out with 109, Block 109. No problem. Now, you may have seen the sad news of the passing of John Hollins. In a career that spanned 21 years, which included almost 600 Chelsea appearances... Uh, and over a hundred for both QPR and Arsenal. Now, John, he only earned one England cap. That came in 1967 under Alf Ramsey uh, in a 2-0 victory over Spain at Wembley. Uh, He played a part in the opening goal, playing in the initial cross that was eventually scored by Jimmy Greaves. Now, whilst his playing career was a little earlier than my own memories... I do actually remember him being manager of Chelsea. Uh, He was there between 1985 and 1988 when Chelsea, well, they were a very different club to one that they are now. He then went on to manage some lower league clubs, the likes of Swansea, Rochdale and Crawley too. He was born on the 16th of July 1946 and passed away on the 14th of June 2020. 23, aged 76. I'd like to express my condolences to his family and his friends. And that brings us to the end of this episode. My thanks go to Aidan Smith, Gary Lambert and to CJ Joyner, all of whom brought us a great insight to the pod. Uh, Go search them out on social media. And as I said, I'll be back with you very soon to take a look at the upcoming Women's World Cup and that friendly the Lionesses have against Portugal. I hope you can join me for it. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.